but yeah, I, I was excited to get the opportunity to, to uh, have a conversation with uh, with Kevin. So uh, everyone's going to get something from this. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's been Absolutely. great so far. Um, so, you know, you listen to, to myself and Rory there, and obviously you have your own take on this through your own life. And you have an interesting story, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, but from the topics we talked about, you know, well-being, mental well-being, goal-setting, and um, building good habits, like, do any of them resonate with you personally? Like, do you find importance or place importance in any of them? Yeah, I suppose it's, it's probably on, on finishing your last point of reflection that now then that bit older and I can look back on when I was a, a young athlete that I can see maybe what I was good at and what I was not so good at, I suppose, to pick up on Rory, I probably did have great resilience um, and that kind of showed in the way that I came to pro rugby, but I probably didn't have the best balance and attitude towards a lot of things. Um, I'd like to say my balance towards school and, and rugby might have been way off, way, way off at times and my balance towards friends and family and rugby would have been way off and my focus might have been too much on rugby at times um for better and worse at times you know absolutely um and like are there things that i guess individually but also as a team say in, in a monster environment that you guys would focus on so you know the likes of maybe the friendships and leaning on others to talk to like rory was on about um you know listening and even routine and building habits like uh, you know would that be involved in the professional team environment yeah, I suppose, and, and this year even more so, you know, if you could have, we spoke when we, when we had to break up this time last year and then we had to all come away from each other about like how important that routine was and, and we were broken up into groups um, to kind of stay with yeah, stay, stay on top of each other and, you know, make, make sure we were all staying within routine and looking after each other. And it wasn't a group of, uh, oh, you better be doing it or you're not doing it and you need to be doing it. It was more like, are we getting nominated? Is everything all right? Like kind of a thing. And because it was a very challenging time where a group that are used to seeing 40 of each other every day, the crack is unbelievable, we really enjoy it, we're living the dream, and then it's gone and we just stay at home, you know, and, and everyone was in the same boat, but um, that was difficult. So these little groups that we picked up then, um, like you said, further listening and, and chats, and they were vitally important for us, you know, and it was that kind of has that has continued on now that we're back in and it's something that we said when we got picked back in, okay, we've got really good at this, um, communicating and listening and, and talking to each other. It's something so simple that um, we just continued it on, you know, we have these little chats you now a couple of times a week, we break into the little groups and there's different topics and you can move between them. And like, it's not too dissimilar to, you know, everyday life, you know, to, to, to kids that are on and now having friendship groups, but that's one thing, but I suppose it's really important to actually talk then as well. Um, and like you said, you know, you've created a habit now of um, continuing on, even though you, you're, you're not away from each other as much, you see each other nearly every day training, that you have to talk and you, it, it's it's only going to help your performance in life in general, you know, not just on the pitch. Mm. Um, so moving on from that, um, I'm this is the part I'm interested in the most is what was life like for... Uh, Kevin O'Byrne as a 15, 16 year old, like, you know, like the players and the people that are on here tonight, you know, how did that journey of, of your life unfold, let's say? Yeah, well, I, I didn't start playing rugby until I was in secondary school. So I was, whatever, 13 or 14, and I had absolutely no interest in playing, to be honest. But uh, I was in Prez and <laughs> all my friends were playing. So 
I said I'd better go out there if I want to make some friends. So I went out playing, but my main focus was still very much Gaelic football and soccer. So it wasn't until uh, kind of third year then when I suppose rugby starts getting that kind of bit serious, if you want to call it serious when you're in school. And um, you need to kind of start making decisions and stuff like this. But uh, I, I kept playing football, soccer and and rugby, played junior cup and it went terribly for us at the time. But uh, then when I went into fourth year and senior cycle, I suppose maybe my parents noticed that my balance of probably from the junior cert results, my balance wasn't great of my sport and school and social life. So uh, I did transition year in Prez. Um, but from there then I uh, I left Prez after that, but in fourth year I left Prez rugby and went to Highfield um, because I could see when I was in Prez in that senior cycle, I used to play back row. Uh, I was in much better shape than I am now. So I used to play back row and uh, I was playing Peter, like Peter Romani was was uh, the year ahead of me and uh, so he'd been playing and fellas like, I know some of the kids I might know, Brian O'Hara and these were big players, you know, at the time and I was kind of thinking I won't get a game so I needed to 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 move and go into the club world and give it a go from there. Um, and like, you know, that wasn't the, the easiest. So like, I mean, you, you didn't have the easiest, uh, I guess, progression up until to, to professional rugby. And you know a lot of you know a lot of kids, um, you know I'm one of them when I was younger have that aspiration of wanting to play professional rugby to to make it all the way. But realistically, we don't all make it. But on that mm. that journey, I think is the the resilience that Rory talked about, the bounce back after things not going your way, but still persevering and knowing you can get through it. So how did you actually you know skip forward? But how did you get to to right now? You know, so we're sitting in yeah. front of us talking about it. Yeah, well, I can tell a long story quickly in that everything went fantastically well until I was 21, you know. I went through the youth system, won All-Irelands with Highfield under 16s, under 18s, won All-Irelands with UCC under 20, captain UCC under 20, captain Munster under 18s, under 19s, under 20s, um, player under 18s, under 19s, and then didn't get into the Munster Academy. And then it's nearly like someone puts a full stop. And what now? I'm only 20 and... Uh, I don't have anything, you know, I suppose I'd gone to college, um, but probably more just to satisfy the wants of my parents as opposed to my own needs and what I wanted to do. I can remember sitting down with career guidance uh, counsellors like, like everyone does in school and the guidance counsellor and my dad talking away about the different options that I'd have and I was going, here, I don't know what you're worried about, I'm going to play professional sport and then looking back at me going, no, you're not, well, chances are you're not going to. So um, went into UCC and I did biochem, uh, biochemistry for two years and failed failed first year twice um, and then still had no contract anywhere and I rang Connacht Rugby myself so I rang Connacht and said look what's the chances of me maybe coming up and having a go at the academy so off the road I went up to Connacht on one May afternoon to have a go at a pre-season trial. So I wasn't getting paid. I wasn't getting anything. They put me up in some student accommodation. I went on trial in Connacht for two years. And sorry, I was in a trial for the summer and I got I was in the Connacht Academy then for two years after that. So I suppose stuff kind of looked like it was getting back on track again, you know, and I probably got tricked me twice kind of thing. I thought this is it. I'm back on track. Everything is going to go fine. I'm going to go Academy, A-team, senior team, and I'm never going to leave Galway. I'm going to play here until I was 35. And two years later, no contract again. So um, out of the Connacht Academy, and I have no contract anywhere. Um, I played maybe 
two dozen BNI Cup games at that stage and I'd won AILs with Corinthians, so I was a pretty experienced player at this time, like so um yeah, I suppose again someone put a full stop there and uh, at this stage then I had rugby experience but I had no academic um or work experience whatsoever to to fall back on, you know, and I I'm, I'm twenty one. So going on twenty two. Mm. So so yeah, that was that was kind of up to that point. Um, will I keep going? <laughs> I just want to know. So even even skip forward, you know. But how again? I know obviously you hit those speed bumps, you got through it, and that's great. You built that resilience because mm. you just didn't want to give up. But I think one important question I, I I have is how how much I guess looking back in hindsight and reflection, how much importance do you place on on varying your outlook to life? You know, back then you focused and you said your balance is off. It was rugby, 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 and I don't know if you regretted any of that, but that's not the point. What would you say to yourself now, I guess, um, to that to that younger self in terms of balancing life and looking outwards, yeah. not just with one avenue? So important, so important. I used to put so much focus on my rugby that it was my one sole stress in life is that if that rugby was not going well because it was my sole interest, it was my main stress. Mm-hmm. So if that wasn't going well, nothing was going well, you know. <clears throat> um, so then once I got back studying um, and if rugby wasn't going well, what I had with the study was, okay, the rugby's not going well, but geez, I'm flying it in college. I'm, I'm back in, I'm getting decent grades, I'm working my way through it. Um, and I suppose it was that little bit of confidence boost that I was losing from rugby, I was gaining from somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. So like it just shows you got to expand your, your, your avenues and, and not to just put all your eggs in one basket. Um, and it's cool to hear because, um, you know, you don't really get that from professional players because they're professional players, you know. Um, so it's, it's cool to hear. So uh, you, you mentioned you're, you're an ambassador for Tackle Your Feelings campaign and I'm sure everyone has, has heard about it. Can you just give us a little quick overview of, of what it is and kind of how it supports players? Yeah, so look, Tackle Your Feelings, it's a, it's a kind of a, a way of players and and. and and people in professional rugby kind of highlighting the importance of mental health and, and how how normal it is to have to deal with small little problems or big problems and and the importance of being able to, like you said a while ago, we tackle some people way bigger than us on a daily basis or every weekend and just being able to be in tune with yourself and in tune with your friends and being able to ask the questions, pick up the phone, you know, like we have a, a, a close enough lit, lit of friends in, in Munster and from over the years, like three of them don't even play with Munster anymore, but the five of us will still stay in touch and we might pick up the phone and, you know, you might come off the phone call and ring someone else and go, here, I'm just off the phone with him there and he's not great, maybe give him a buzz and see how he is, you know, and and, and th- that's it, I suppose, tackle your feelings, there's nothing so formal, the, the formalities are there if you need to talk to someone or you need to see someone professional, but it's just to highlight how easy it is to help each other, you know. And an uh, interesting question I just thought about is that if you, you know, were sitting and watching this webinar when you were 15, 16, uh, what would your kind of outlook have been towards it at the time? Would it be something that you would have said, oh yeah, that's, you know, I can buy into that. Or would you have just said, oh no, that's not me. You know, I'm I'm grand, like I'm perfect. Um, even though you might not have been. And it, you know, there's stuff there that can help. You know, what would your outlook have been? Yeah, that's really interesting. I want to try and sit back and, and think of myself as 15, looking at the 29 year old me, thinking what would I, what would I take for myself? What would I ask for myself? And I hope I would have listened, <laughs> you know, and that I'd be, I'd, I'd be kind of 
if I had the awareness then that I had now, I think I'd have probably reacted a bit sooner, been a bit more proactive in my uh, approach to life as opposed to reactive, which I ended up having to be. But uh, yeah, I suppose thinking back, I'd probably think of myself, I probably wouldn't be listening to me. But again, I didn't have access to my, I didn't, this wasn't a thing. So yeah. we didn't we didn't have the access to players like what I wasn't getting on a webinar with the player of that had eight or nine years experience to see what they had gone through, um, big or small to see their outlook, you know. Where so, um, if I'm hoping I can add value to anyone that's on this, but that that's a great thing to have, you know. Absolutely, I love that. It's just don't close yourself off to something before you you try it or before you, um, I guess, uh, try to see if it works for you and helps you in any way in, in mental well-being, physical well-being, whatever, um. Yeah. And to, to finish off with the, the question that we kind of had here is that which, what would your kind of top one, two or three even takeaways from tonight's webinar be like that, that stood out to you or something that you have to say? Yeah, I think um, what's worked for me a lot and I suppose I'm only learning still, um, like you were saying, stuff having the balance in your life is really important. Don't get too bogged down on, on different aspects. Have a multifaceted life, get as much into it as you can, play as many sports as you can. And like I said, they'll trade off with each other. When something's not going good, something else will pick you up, you know. That, that And I felt that's only something I learned in my in my late 20s, like. Um, and then the, the other thing is the resilience. Um, you'll build the resilience through the balance in your life, I feel, you know. That, again, this is just my personal opinion. I'm not saying this is how it will happen, but how it happened for me, you know. And then just important friends is the, is the last thing. Again, something I took for granted until now. And... If someone told me at 15 that I had friends that I could talk to about stuff, or even at 21 I had friends that I could talk to about stuff, I would have been delighted, you know? Absolutely. And um, I guess not being afraid of that, is it? It's just don't, yeah. you know, you can be. You can be just like, oh, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? Because when like, everyone realistically is kind of feeling similar things, you know, mm. they might be afraid of this or afraid of that, or, you know, they have similar thoughts and feelings. So uh, you never know. Yeah. You, you could help someone. Yeah. And I suppose it's something I only had the confidence in doing because I'd have been scared and, and about talking to people and seeing and then their reaction if I was to tell someone here like you know I'm struggling with this or I feel a bit anxious because anxiety would be something I would have struggled with through my 20s and you turn to a friend and you say listen man I feel a bit funny about this and he'd go yeah geez you know me too like and then all of a sudden it's not quite as weird and you can talk it out and you turn to your third buddy and he's maybe telling you why you don't need to be and this massive thing that you've built up in your head because you focus on just becomes so small so quickly. Yeah, um, uh, that's cool. I, I love that. Um, I... One there, um, Rory, just before I pass you over to standing <laughs> there again, one interesting one we had a conversation about there the other evening. You, 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 you summed it up very well for me. You said, um, you know, you said it's, it's okay um, not to be okay. That, um, you said, sure, if you if you had a, a broken arm in the morning, you, you'd, you'd ask somebody to bring it to hospital to, to get it seen to. And that it's quite normal not to be okay sometimes. So, so that's, yeah, that's a big one to try and pick up on you. And, and I, I think that that's, there's a, there's a big role of expectation, and especially like to the audience that, that's there now this evening. Um, there are these set expectations that I've got to be honest with you, I struggle with them. There's this expectation that life is linear at this stage of a young of a young person's life. You know that um, you go to school, you do your leaving certs, you go 
went to college, you get a job. You know, that life isn't linear. And expectations are are, are the enemy, really. Um, I, I think that when, I, when I'm able to say myself, it's okay not to be okay, that's the day that I'm comfortable in my own skin. I've been able to check in with another person to know that I've done the best that I can do. I know that um, when I say that to myself, it's okay not to be okay, is that there will be another day. There will be another time when, you know, I'm on top of the world. I hit that quite a lot at the moment, huge, you know, I hit that, uh, I'm not okay. And and what I have in my life, I'm very lucky to have a family and, 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 that, and friends that can accept me that way and allow me to be. And you know what it was? It's no pressure to them. It's nothing to them. They really accept me for that. And I think that that's very important. That once, you, there's really that moment on the television about your man going to get into the car with all his friends and he turns around to the lad in the back and he says, you wouldn't mind if I asked you to belt. And all these terrible scenarios come up in the ad and when it actually comes back to reality, the guy in the back of the car goes, yeah, no problem at all. And, and that's the way I feel about it's okay not to be okay. Is, is that we don't know until we try it. It takes a little bit of bravery to do it, but it's a surprising, a surprising answer then when we do, that it's actually all right and it's the best way to get help if we need it. Yeah, I think that really encapsulates, Rory, and what the lads were talking about there. And I just let's stand and jump on with you there again, because there's some, there's been a number of questions coming in, and Santa wants to have a chat with yourself and um, Kevin. And um, I, I cheers, huge, and I, and I love that, um, Rory, about it's, it's okay to not be okay. It's vulnerability. It's about showing up, and it's just about showing up, not being perfect, and 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 moving on. And you know, you'll have good days, you'll have bad days, and you know, that's that's everything in between. But um. I think I'll just answer the one question about um, goals and then I have a couple of questions to ask the lads. So do you have to write your goals down and why? I think writing them down um, allows you to to visualise them. You have them in front of you, whereas, you know, you can forget a lot of stuff in your brain, in your mind. So by putting them down on paper, it's almost like drawing a map for yourself. You have it there, you can look at it when you want to, um, and it becomes very clear for yourself. I mean, you don't have to, but it makes that process a lot better, okay? Um, and how many goals are good? I don't know. How long is a piece of string? You can aim high, but you also you have to be realistic about your time, the effort, your energy, what you want to achieve, how big those goals are. Um, don't limit yourself. Like I said, you have a lot of potential, and I'll actually I'll, I'll put that to to Kevin because you know it's it'll be interesting from a sport perspective, pro perspective. But you got to be realistic too. Like I said, it's about building um, a hill and climbing that hill and keeping. You know, going up, but don't set yourself a mountain, and you know, set yourself up a failure because you know you'll only just make yourself feel worse about it. Um, but just what what would your perspective be on that in terms of setting goals for yourself? You know, as a team or um, as an individual in, in a pro uh, setting, how important is it, and, and should you limit the number, or how, how does that work? Yeah, I think the, the importance of having a variety of goals as opposed to an like. A number of goals is something that works for for me anyway. You know the 
the big end goal of say I want to play for Munster like that's a, that's a, a long term goal you can bank that and know that it's there and then make those medium and short term ones that are more so in a week in a day what you want to get done and then in the medium term you know what what's what's doable for you and and don't I know you said like you need to push yourself a little bit be within your limits and think yeah that is that's pushing it but I can get there you know and and having the maturity that if you don't, why not? And then readjusting the goals, you know? Absolutely. Um, there's a, a question here about our Ferrari, actually. Um, and it says at, at this age, um, you know, we, we, you know, we might not get picked for certain things like, like Kevin went through, but for the next level. And you have this idea that you know you have to keep pushing and keep pushing yourself to get yourself to another level and what happens when you don't get to that level so i suppose you both can give insight on this um but you also as this person finds it hard to keep the love of it while also trying to be better to get picked you know it, it's kind of like a an endless cycle sometimes so how can you manage that um i guess without losing the love for it but trying to push yourself but being realistic at the same time um i'm I guess I might ask um, I might, might ask Rory first and see if he. Thanks, Sally. Yeah, I, like that's a super question, and and that's very very real. Like I, I I think I think the nature of that question is just kind of where it's at. Um, you know, you 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 listen to to people about, like Brian O'Driscoll speaking about their underage career, uh, and you you think about the the horror stories that he had in, in in senior cup finals and you know you and it's hard to believe then that you know he's the player that we we've admired and seen you know for for so long but like when you look at that when you look at that situation um the biggest the, the biggest competition that we'll ever have in our own lives is ourselves within our own minds um Having boundaries of what I'm able to achieve, what I, like one of the one of the greatest strengths I've ever learned, Sana, are my limitations, and that's an irony. There's an irony in that. But knowing how far I can go, knowing that I've done the very best that I can do, and it, it, it touches on that other piece that I spoke about then. It's about addressing emotion. How do my emotions impact upon the decisions that are made outside of my control? And that's where real love for the sport and love for the game allows us to thrive, is, is when, when I can have an acceptance of myself, of what I'm, of my achievements, of what I'm able to do, and that competition within myself allows me to to grow and be better. Not the competition for being picked for the team. That's not one. Like if you look at if you, uh, Kevin can talk about this more, but like you know, you you look at at rugby. Rugby is not a fifteen man sport anymore. You know, like it's 15 plus 8 plus everybody else that's on the squad. You know, um, the, 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 the challenges to myself and what I can do with myself. And, and then, for me personally, what I can speak about is, is the day that I discovered 
that my, limita my limitations were a place to begin to grow more strength from became a day when my life actually got better and I became a better person and a better player as well on the teams I was involved in. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's almost this idea of, you know, sometimes your best is, is good enough or your, your best is, is the best you have in that certain thing, but it doesn't mean you won't be able to excel in other areas or numerous other areas, you know. Um, it, it could just mean that your best is, is that. And like you said, understanding your limitations is, is, is powerful in itself. Um, Absolutely. So I've got a question here. So Kevin, as a hooker, how do you feel or how do you deal, sorry, mentally with, with, with a match or in a match when you have a really bad day throwing or when something doesn't go to plan in your position, we'll say? You know, what do you do? Yeah. I get asked. I get asked this question. You won't believe how often I get asked this question because every single hooker in the world has the same problem. But uh, it's something I probably only I started to deal with when I was maybe uh, twenty-one. So because I, I again I could throw a bad line out and I would go straight downhill. The next one would be crap. The next one would be crap. The next one would be crap. And I'd be telling myself I'm crap, and then everything else would start going crap. So it wasn't until I kind of got into my twenties and I realised, hold on a second. I can throw, I am a good thrower, uh, I have a good process and you pick up bits and pieces, you know, if you watch pro hookers on TV, maybe don't look at their technique exactly at what they're doing, but they all have common tendencies, you know, like the small things like following through and their foot positions and their chin up and stuff like this. But um, the way I dealt with it was, okay, this is my throwing technique, I'm sticking to it and I'm going to add in these little bits and pieces that I've learned from coaches and from players. and then. To be able to get over the mental side of maybe having a bad throw, which is about which is bound to happen, you know, weather, for example, which would be a big one that hookers like to blame a lot is the weather and jumpers. But anyway, uh, the way I looked at it is that there's a white line. You know, every time you go to get the ball, throw a ball into a line, you have to, you have to cross a white line. You know, and when you step over that white line, you throw the ball, good or bad, you've got to go back over that white line and get back into the game. So separate them completely and don't let one affect the other. You know, there's a, a physical line that you can cross. Uh, and every time you cross back over, you can restart and go again. Absolutely, I love that idea. It was resetting and, and not letting the, the last thing affect the, the next thing. Um, yeah, probably wasn't the hooker's fault anyway. So, so. <laughs> never is, never is. Um, there's another one here for you. Um, so, I'm an 18-year-old rugby player and I was involved in Munster up until 18. Um, I had to quit Munster to work on my mentality. Um, mm. But I'm still ambitious to make it pro. Um, what advice? Would you give me? Um, I suppose remember why you liked why you liked rugby, you know, and, and and the core values and and why you really enjoyed it, and and go back to it with that mentality as opposed to I'm going to go back and I'm going to become pro, you know, go go back, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to start enjoying myself first. I'm going to remember why I enjoyed the game, and mm -hmm. then whatever comes from it comes from it. And the benefits of going back to play rugby are much higher than the possibility of playing pro rugby. You know, the the playing pro rugby is a uh, there's a chance, but the chances of you getting so many other benefits from it are massive. But if you really want it, you know, you, you can do it. We, and we've spoke about lots of stuff that we've, that we've, about, that you can use tonight. Um, so there's lots of tools there, you know, but it, it, it takes hard work, takes commitment. But any, anyone can do it, but it, it's hard, you know. Absolutely. Um, I have another one here. Um, so, Rory, um, how can, I know there's a few questions actually about this uh, directed towards Kevin, but I think it'd be cool to get your perspective too, is how can your head 
um, really affect your game or, or mess with, with your game. And that can be life as well. I'm not just talking about about rugby and the, the, the match itself, but maybe just in general. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think, Sammy, you know, like that there's, there's a couple of things. Um, you have the whole, the whole Roy King thing, you know, um, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Um, you have my own one there, I picked it up somewhere, the six Bs, perfect performance prevents. You know, um, so, so on it goes, what I would, the most important thing that we need to hang on to is, is that life is about balance. The more balanced I am in my life, the more balanced I will be when I'm going into an intense situation. So the, the, the more I score, thing, the, the goal setting that you spoke about earlier, the more habitual that becomes throughout our lives in different places, the better the impact it is. Because what happens to us inside an intensive situations, inside pressurized situations, is we resort to type. We go back to the thing that we know the best. We go back to the thing that we know the easiest. That's why we practice and we train. I, I talk about with your 14 I talk about we're practicing all the time so that we develop the habit. But those habits happen in our lives. And the way we react emotionally or the way we act mentally in an intense situation is that's because of how we reacted in every other situation previously in our lives. It's all a gathering up of our experience and how our mind um, kind of compiles it all, understands it all, breaks it down and turns it into a decision in an intense moment. And the, the more balance that I have in my life, the better I am in that in, in that crucible day of of performance, you know, in, in, in an intense situation. And and that works, you know, like so the things I'm talking about, um they're they're, they're proven and, and they work. So it it can't be underestimated the, the better balance I have in my daily life um adds up to being um better able to perform in a game situation or a match situation. Yeah, and like you said, it's not letting like emotional overflow from something happen. So I miss a tackle, like Kevin was saying, or, or have a bad throw, which he doesn't do. Um, let that overflow and then go into the next job I have to do or, you know, a potential uh, conversation I have with someone that might not be so positive to let that go into the next situation I have in my life, you know, to, to really try and, and be wary and, and conscious of that. Um, I have a, there's a cool question here around, and you kind of answered already, but, you know, how do you deal, how, how, how did you deal, um, Kevin, with, um, kind of, I guess, having a bad day, but also maybe a bad time, not even just a day, you know, how do you deal with that, with the, with the, the, the speed bumps? Yeah, I suppose I, I can compare two different times of having a bad time, if you will, like, so, I think of when I was underage and I'd have a bad time, it was, you know, it would last. I'd beat myself up. I'd watch the video of the game or over and over again, looking at mistakes, you know, why we lost, why I did this wrong, why I did that wrong. And 
but it would genuinely put me in a bad mood and and not right like it's I suppose not rightly so like my, I come home in bad form and my girlfriend my family would be suffering at me because I lost a game of a under 17s league match or something like this you know and it's important it is important but it's not to be all and end all you know and whereas then if I come on a bit and I think I only said the other day to someone from 2015, 2018 season, I played 108 or 130 minutes of professional rugby because uh, I didn't get picked, you know. So um, there was a small injury in there, which I'll probably account for the reason I wasn't picked, but it was only about three months. <laughs> but um, I didn't get picked for the bones of three seasons, you know. And in that season, though, coming to the end of it, I changed that mindset. Um, like uh, Rory was saying, I got more of a balance in my life. I was starting to come to the end of, my, of a degree, um, looking at doing a master's and, you know, stuff like this. And I suppose it's not a coincidence then that I started to relax in my rugby. And I finally, I, was, I started to focus on what I was really good at in rugby. And I kind of forgot that, you know, and I suppose you can see that a little bit more now that I'm getting picked consistently, that I throw, throw the ball around, I'm enjoying myself and I'm not getting too bogged down on the negativities of it, you know, and thinking, you know, my, I might throw an offload and I might hit the deck and it's a knock on or, but I might smile about it. I tried it. Like, you know, it's not the end of the world. It was probably the right thing to do. Bad execution. And that, that's a, for a rugby player, that's a very important thing is the right idea, bad execution. Like, and especially for a growing rugby player, like if you can see the right idea, that's actually the hard part. You can close that skill and practice it a lot to the point where you can add it to the execution or excuse me, add it to the right idea. You know, and then that's 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 the, the balance. But um, I think to go back to your point and how do, how do I deal with having a bad time the, over the for the main part of my career, it has been to get balance back into my life. Like Rory said, no, he must have said the word balance 150 times between us, but it really is so important. Yeah, you just have to you have to be um, uh, kind of cognizant and always remember why you're doing something. You know, it's not about yeah. always being a pro and always making it to the top. It's just about okay, why am I doing it? And then the rest follows. And I think uh, a good thing is to remember you have to zoom out sometimes. What might seem yeah. like the worst thing in the moment might, and the grand scheme of things might actually only be a small speed bump. Um, and, you know, you have to be just a little bit aware of that because, again, it can make you feel a little bit better that, okay, it's, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's just a small thing. I dropped a ball or I, mm. you know, didn't get picked for this team. But there's more to come potentially. Um, and one last one for you, um, just nice and quick. Do you ever go into matches with specific goals? Do you ever go into into your um, training with specific goals? Uh, yeah, I, I think that my goal for training would be pretty consistent. You know, um, and I think that's because I it's the bare basics of the game. If you need to get right every day, um, when you're training as much as we do, you know, and they're the things that are make a good training session is when the majority of the basics of the game are going well. Um, I think to touch back on another point that you had at the beginning of this as well is for the season that's in it, a particular goal of mine is that that communication thing to watch the words that come out of my mouth when I go on to training in terms of am I having a positive effect with the words that I'm saying when I go on to training. Over the last eight years I was solely focused on today, I'm looking at scrum, I'm trying this, trying that, um, I need to work on this aspect of my tackle this aspect of my carry, passing off my left. And I would never have thought about what I said or did outside of that. Um, and it's something we're looking at as a team as a whole, you know, what like the language we're using and how we're talking to each other when we're on the pitch. Um, you spoke about the you being your own worst en enemy, you know. As rugby players, we often know when we do something wrong. So 
we then if I do something wrong and, and then Sana says it to me and then Keith says it to me and then Eugene says it to me and it's all it's been said to me you now four or five times it's like I get it you know and you can you can flip that on a, as a as a positive you know like I said if it's the right idea bad execution tell a fella right idea unlucky man next one like that's huge that is massive you know yeah absolutely and look you are you you like you said you are the words you tell yourself and you have to be really conscious of that you know that self-talk and the things you're you're actually saying because they will impact your performance no matter what um but look appreciate that that was an awesome conversation and i uh, hope people got something very beneficial from that um but yeah thanks a lot and eugene over to you yeah thanks very much Anna, kevin and rory um there was loads of nuggets in there tonight and I hope we help people that were listening in to clear up areas for you. And like it's like Kevin said, our interactions with those around us. Um, it's amazing how, how those little things can can drizzle down and, if, and affect those around us. And like Rory said there, you know, check in, check in with those around you. Find someone that you can you can talk to. And like we were saying there, you know, it's okay. To, to not be okay, you know, and like like night, day will always follow and keep your chin up and check in with those around you. Thanks very much, folks, and um, I hope you, you picked up loads of nuggets along the way.